As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story, hoping to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at, and illusion is usually king. But in the battle for the survival of this republic, it's going to be reality and not illusion or delusion that will determine the future. We're live on iHeartRadio, on demand on your favorite podcast directories. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. You can shoot me an email at right now, Jim Dawes at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, it looks like I might have to eat crow. <laughs> It looks like Joe Biden is going to go through with it. I, I, uh, I never believed that they would uh, take this risk. Their calculation, of course, is that uh, it'll look worse for him to cancel than to get up on stage and um, and uh, and gaff and collapse under the pressure. But they're going to go through with it, and uh, I'm getting uh, I'm getting ready for it. This is going to be probably one of the most watched presidential debates in history. Maybe the the, the most watched presidential debate in history. Uh, the buildup to this has been like no other. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> oh my God! I, I, you know, I think what would be ideal is if Donald Trump were able to get up there and just let Joe Biden speak as much as possible. Don't interrupt him. Don't try to limit his time. Let him go on because. Well, uh, you know, maybe I ought to uh, moderate that a little bit. What he ought to do is just needle him. He ought to, he ought to do his troll thing. He is, he's one of the best at it. And, uh, he ought to push Joe Biden's buttons. Uh, speaking of push Joe Biden's buttons, this is Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, she is a, a strong Trump supporter appearing on the blaze talking about what she expects tonight. The debate is happening. What do you expect out of this debate? Because we've done a lot of talking about this. And I would say the the people who are sitting here looking at this election and saying Trump might be a little bit behind in the polls, but this is the moment. Trump is going to wipe the floor with Joe Biden. Do you think that's real or, or, or are conservatives a little bit too excited about it? Oh, I think that's completely real. It is. I, I mean, I, yeah, I do. Because uh, you even look at, you know, there was an Axios interview that I just saw uh, that I don't know when it aired, but I just recently saw it. And even with friendlies, 
Joe Biden is pushed at all, just the slightest bit, and he gets defensive, he gets angry, he does that weird maniacal laugh, like he's just so, you know, he's, uh, he thinks it's the most hilarious thing in the world that anyone is pressing him on a legitimate question, and I think it's going to come off horribly in the debate because Donald Trump knows he's already the person who can push someone's buttons, who knows what to say to them just to set them off, uh, you know, very casually. And I just think those two mixing, it, it's it's not going to work well for Joe Biden. I don't think it's going to work well for Joe Biden either. This the, the truth of this debate is that it's going to be Donald Trump versus Joe Biden and Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace is going to be there carrying water for Joe Biden, yeah, he's probably going to ask him a couple of hard questions uh, that that uh, Joe Biden will be ready for, you know, with some pat answers. Probably no candidate in the history of presidential debates has spent more time preparing. He's called a lid on his campaign for uh, 14 out of the last 28 days, hunkered down in his basement doing debate prep. Uh, I think a lot of that debate prep involves transfusions of megadoses of vitamin B complex and Adderall and uh, maybe even a blood transfusion. He's probably uh, wearing those um, uh, those electric stimulators for his brain uh, that uh, that you can use. But, yeah, allowing Joe Biden as much time as possible to say something stupid is always a, a, a winning a strategy when it comes to Joe Biden. I wonder if uh, if Wallace is going to ask him about his his um, almost imperceptible campaign for president. His wife Jill is actually out on the campaign trail more, more than he is. You know, when you're president of the United States, you can't call a lid for the day at eight thirty in the morning. Trump has been out there on the campaign trail relentlessly, you know, and, you know, maybe these campaign advisors believe that, uh, you know, holding rallies is really not a thing anymore. I think it very much is because not only do you get the audience that have been turning out in the thousands, you also get all of their friends and families and you get a lot of uh, local TV coverage that uh, Joe Biden is just not getting. I saw where, uh, Jill Biden was in Wisconsin yesterday while Joe Biden was hunkered down in the basement doing debate prep. She shows up at the airport. Nobody's there to greet her except a whole bunch of Trump supporters chanting four more years. And then she went and held a, some sort of event in uh, somebody's backyard. There was between five and seven people there. There was a neighbor, a next door neighbor that said she wasn't even aware that the event was going on. It was so low key. Donald Trump has been out on the campaign trail. He's been governing the nation. He's been negotiating peace deals. He's been uh, dealing with the Corona crisis, the Wuhan virus crisis and holding almost daily press briefings. Yesterday at one of those press briefings, one of the reporters asked him about his debate prep. Never do that with me. I can tell you but I don't have the kind of problems he has. How many, so, how many hours would you say you've spent on debate? A little time. I mean, not a lot. More or less than 16. I'm running a country. I'm, I don't, you know, I don't have the luxury. I watched other people over the years. I watched one sort of fairly recently, not too long ago. 
go into a cabin, lock himself into a cabin, and he came out and he wasn't very effective. Let me tell you what Trump's advantage tonight is going to be. Donald Trump is self-confident to the point of being um, freakish. He doesn't have uh, self-doubt in his his brain. Yeah, he takes offense when he doesn't get his uh, his due, but he doesn't he doesn't really he can't be pushed back on his heels. He can't really be insulted. Joe Biden is just the opposite. Joe Biden has a pricklish ego. That if you ever push back on him just a little bit, he uh, something trips and he he starts, you know, talking about come on man, come on man, <laughs> come on man. We're gonna play a drinking game tonight. Uh, every time Joe Biden says "come on man," and I expect at the end of the night we're gonna be slock, sloshed, snockered. So that's why the New York Times pushed forward this bombshell revelation. They somehow illicitly got their hands on Donald Trump's tax returns for 20 years. They've been beating that horse as hard as they could. And they're just not getting any traction out of it because it's not news to the American people that the tax code favors the rich. And at least Donald Trump is is engaged in productive enterprise while he is you know, avoiding as much tax as possible. He's employing tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people. He built huge developments, something to show for them. And, uh, and it's really hilarious to watch how once again, the mainstream media have coordinated with the Democrat national committee. The very next morning after the New York times bombshell tax story dropped, the DNC was out with pre-produced, slickly produced ads quoting the the Times story. And I can tell you, you know, having worked on campaigns before, you don't put together an ad like that on the fly. Uh, one of Trump's uh, campaign spokesmen went on CNN with Poppy Harlow. Remember the character Poppy from the old Frasier? <laughs> It's funny how similar those two characters are, the real Poppy and the uh, Fraser Crane's Poppy. But um, it was a guy named Morgenstern. He was a deputy press secretary for the White House, went on with Poppy and uh, and asked, you know, what's the deal with all of this coordination between the campaign and the media? And, uh, well, you just listen. So, this is a story that was, it's another version of it from four years ago on it's the not. eve of a debate coordinated with the yeah. Democrats as a political Let's, hit. Okay, that's, Brian, I'm just going to stop you there. These okay. are remarkable reporters from the New York Times who went through 20 years of documents. It is not okay for you to <laughs> accuse them with no facts of coordinating with the Democratic Party. Copy that. Please they stop doing that or this running. interview will they end. Had ads Brian, up and stop attacking the press. I have not seen you do that. How dare you say anything bad about the New York Times? You don't have any proof that they coordinated except for the what they call in uh, in the law prima facie evidence that the campaign had pre-produced ads ready to roll the next morning, the same 
as they did after the uh, the so-called bombshell revelation where they claimed that Donald Trump insulted the the uh, troops killed in World War II. You notice they, uh, they got uh, over a week's worth of smears against Donald Trump out of that Atlantic story, claiming he slandered the troops killed in World War II. But they have actual videotape now of of Joe Biden in the Middle East calling uh, American service members stupid bastards. You didn't see any of that on the evening news. That would normally, in the presidential cycle, be big news. It, it would have uh, disqualified most candidates uh, before the primaries, but uh, nothing. That, that didn't get a play on any of the uh, evening news shows or on any of the papers of record. And the whole idea that Donald Trump should have paid more taxes when he was legally not required to do so is, is ridiculous. Now, if you have a problem with the fact that he wasn't required to pay those taxes, you can take that up with Congress and who in Congress, probably more than any living human is responsible for the current tax code. Well, Joe Biden spent 40, uh, 40 years in the U S Senate. Someone might allow to ask him about why you've got all of these uh, these provisions in the tax code that allow for big developers to avoid taxes. Molly Hemingway, uh, who is one of my favorites, uh, responded with an obvious point. Well, if I think if anything was alleged that was illegal or immoral, the New York Times would have put it in the headline. They clearly are working very hard uh, to have something negative about President Trump, uh, but it seemed to kind of land with a dud outside of the outside of the regular echo chambers. You know, depreciation, itemizing deductions, all of these things that he's doing are things that probably all of us do, uh, that most people do when they're filing their taxes. So I'm not quite sure what's supposed to be news. And as Brett noted, the story came out in 2016, and at the time, Donald Trump said he absolutely does not pay more taxes than than he owes. And so if you do have a problem with the way he's paying his taxes... That it, and, and that it's legal, then you need to change the law. And so I don't really see this as being a particularly effective hit, even if it was quickly coordinated with the Biden campaign. One of the biggest <clears throat> deductions, uh, ways that Donald Trump avoided uh, taxes in recent years was uh, after uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden sponsored a bill in Congress that allowed for advanced or uh, accelerated depreciation on real property. Donald Trump is sitting on a vast real estate empire, and he uh, he took full advantage of that. And he would have been an idiot; he would have been almost criminal if he if he didn't take advantage of that. But Molly's point that uh, all they're doing is is warmed over attacks from 2016, and they did it, of course, because Russia hoax crapped out for them. Impeachment crapped out for them. Donald Trump is probably one of the most thoroughly investigated human beings on this planet, and they've not been able to come up with anything to really uh, prove their their conspiracy theories against Donald Trump. And you got to keep in mind, this is the same, exact same Democrat media complex that spent three years manufacturing out of whole cloth 
this fictitious Russia collusion hoax. And that same Democrat media complex now has zero interest in documented bribes in the tens of millions of dollars that were paid to Joe Biden's family. They were bribes to Joe Biden being paid through his family. Got no interest in that at all. Don't even talk about it. I wonder if Chris Wallace is going to ask about it tonight. Let me tell you something. If there was remotely a legitimate reason for Hunter Biden getting paid $3.5 million by a Russian oligarch, it would have already been on the front page of the New York Times and the Washington Post. The fact that this this, uh, fact is out there and they haven't said what he got that money from tells you for a fact that it was illegitimate. We're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Oh, man. You know... You would think at some point the New York Times and the Washington Post would just collapse on their own lack of credibility, but they've morphed themselves into being sort of a an echo chamber for the uh, for the left and their Trump derangement syndrome. And Hollywood is uh, taking up this cause as well. It's really interesting. They're they're putting together this uh, this movie uh, celebrating James Comey's integrity. <laughs> And I guess this thing's probably been in production for about a year. It's going to be starring Jeff Daniels playing James Comey. And uh, and it's going to be uh, thoroughly debunked by the time it, it uh, premieres. Daniels appeared with uh, Nicole Wallace over at MSNBC and uh, and gave us a shining example of the repulsive combination of arrogance and ignorance question about the miniseries. I mean, do you think that there is an explanation that is known to all of us yet for why all the lies about Russia? It's not known to us yet, no. No, <laughs> no it's, it's not known to us yet. And as a matter of fact, there were no lies about Russia. Well, I should, I should take that back. There were a lot of lies about Russia, but they were actually being told by Jeff Daniels and his Hollywood friends and the uh, Democrat media complex and the Democrats themselves. It's not known to us yet, but if it were a Hollywood script, uh, they would kick it back because the bad guy's too obvious. I mean, look, I mean, it's just a badly written bad guy. I mean, it's so transparent. The bad guy is too obvious. Well, I guess in his worldview it is, but it turns out that the bad guy was the guy that this miniseries is going to be celebrating who actually used, we know now Russian intelligence disinformation took it into the FBI and the CIA 
and deployed it against a, a, a military, I mean, a, a presidential candidate from the opposing party. It's it, it, Now there's a movie. Now there is real history being made. The FBI used a dossier that was sourced from a Russian who was known to have close ties with the Russian intelligence agencies to produce a bunch of smears against Donald Trump. Now that's some real election interference. And the fact that I I believe it was the New York Times today wrote an article about Putin uh, extending, reaching out to maybe call a truce on the cyberspace thing with, you know, America, though admitting nothing, right? Uh, that's that's Putin uh, getting into the lifeboat on the Titanic. Okay. Uh, they, yeah. They, 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 yeah. Uh, Where is this Russian interference in our elections? You know, they keep saying it in the two cases that they've alleged the hacking of the DNC. We now know that even the Democrats own cybersecurity contractor says there's no proof of it. And in the case of the leaks from the DNC to WikiLeaks, we know that that was not a a hack as alleged, that it was, in fact, a leak from inside, and nobody, not even Hollywood, has any interest in the suspicious mystery of the murder of Seth Rich. Now, there's a miniseries that could be made. What are they talking about in Helsinki? What were, you know, all the stuff, I mean, there's, there's all of that, the tax returns that he won't show us. It's so obvious. And where is he getting the money? Where did he get all the money? And, and, and I mean, all roads, as, as, as Speaker Pelosi said, all roads lead to Putin. If you're to the point where you're starting to quote Speaker Pelosi, then you've already lost, lost the argument. You know, you can you can tolerate... Uh, a humble fool. You can, you can even like them for their human uh, vulnerabilities. You can admire an arrogant genius because somebody that's a genius, you know, uh, you could argue would be entitled to be arrogant. But an arrogant ignoramus like Jeff Daniels and so many of his friends in Hollywood is insufferable. It is the worst. And these people are so lacking in any sort of self-awareness and so deluded with their Trump derangement syndrome that you can't even, you can't, it's disgusting to watch. Ilhan Omar has been caught on video, her campaign workers, ballot harvesting for pay the Hennepin County uh, attorney in Minneapolis Jeff Wojnarowski Ojonowski man can I buy a vowel he's told Project Veritas that has documented all of this uh, this illegality that he is going to investigate the Ilhan Omar campaign hell no hell no the only reason the Hennepin County attorney would investigate Ilhan Omar would be to uh, to find no wrongdoing. 
uh, the wrongdoing has to be investigated and it needs to be investigated by the department of justice, or maybe you could even make an argument that the, uh, the attorney general of the state of many, uh, Minnesota should do it, but not this leftist Hennepin County attorney who let all of the rioters walk after, uh, the riots. We got a bunch of news when we come back. Pasovic over at One American News is saying there's going to be big news coming out of Kenosha, Wisconsin, and that's either going to be uh, the dropping of charges against Kyle Rittenhouse or taking Jacob Blake into custody and maybe even uh, charging him with attempted kidnapping. We'll talk about the uh, the voter fraud and the Demo- the Republicans' efforts to fight back. And we'll observe the passing of Stephen F. Cohen right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Stick with us. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, it's a big weekend over at Mojo Five O. We're going to begin our open mic contest to try to find a new weekend show host. And uh, the beginning this weekend is going to be the Mojo Riverfish with his uh, friend Rocky. And uh, he sent me this promo to uh, preview his upcoming show on Sunday. Hey, it's the Mojo Riverfish. No joke this week, but I bring you news. Me and my buddy Rocky have entered the Mojo 5-0 open mic competition, trying to win a spot to become part of the awesome show lineup that is the Mojo 5-0 family, or as I like to call it, Survivor Mojo Island. So I invite you and your oh-so-good-looking, smart, and refined listeners. That's me. In room 13, starting October 4th at 1 p.m. on the iHeart app. It's Rocky and I kicking back, telling jokes and stories and news about the lighter side of life. That's every Sunday in October, starting October 4th at 1 p.m. on the iHeart app or on mojo50.com. Give Room 13 a listen and tweet us at Room 13 Podcast. So the Riverfish is uh, the king of the corny jokes. And if you're looking to relax or unwind on a Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock for the whole month of October, you're going to want to tune in to Room 13 and see what the fish and Rocky have to say. So where should we start on this second half hour? Oh man, the uh, the savaging of uh, Amy Coney Barrett continues, and, uh, and it's going to ramp up. The Democrats are huddled, trying to figure out how they're going to uh, discredit 
this uh, this mother of seven, highly successful, graduated number one in her law class at Notre Dame. Finally, we're getting a Supreme Court justice that is not an Ivy Leaguer. New blood, badly needed on the Supreme Court. Of course, she is a uh, a strict constitutionalist. Recognizes and has written uh, in the in the tradition of Anthony Scalia that it's not the court's job to advance uh, causes or policy. It's the court's job to strictly apply the law and the Constitution and make decisions on the merits of a case. She says she doesn't see parties. She doesn't see money. She doesn't see poverty. What she sees is the law and that, uh, you know, the Democrats like to point out that we're a nation of laws and nobody is above the law except, of course, when they uh, use and um, pervert our judicial system in order to get policy, basically legislation, to advance their left, left-wing agenda, then that is sacrosanct. And, of course, that's why they've got to figure out a way to destroy Amy Comey Barrett. Coney Barrett. I keep wanting to say Comey. Um, here is Bill Maher, uh, who, who is always the first one uh, to be trotted out by the left in order to uh, get the ball rolling. But apparently the pick is going to be this Omi, Omi, Amy Comey <laughs> we'll all be saying this name a lot, I'm sure, because she's a fucking nut. She's a effing nut. He got her name wrong, too. So uh, I am in poor company there. Amy Coney Barrett. But apparently the pick is going to be this Omi, Omi, Amy Comey. <laughs> we'll all be saying this name a lot, I'm sure, because she's a fucking nut. <laughs> Religion. I was right about that one, too. Amy, <laughs> sorry, but Amy Comey Barrett, Catholic, really Catholic. I mean, really, really Catholic, like speaking in tongues. Like she doesn't believe in condoms, which is what she has in common with Trump, because he doesn't either. Right. <laughs> I remember that from Stormy Daniels. You know, what passes for comedy these days is uh, is really depressing. I I used to enjoy comedians. There were such, such great comedians in the past, even insult comedians, because uh, they you know they they weren't political comedians. They uh, they were they commented on the human condition. Now you've got Bill Maher just calling people names, you know, like some uh, some sixth grader on the playground, and that that passes and gets a show on HBO. But now that uh, Bill Maher has broken the ice and given all of the other left-wingers uh, permission to uh, to attack Coney Barrett, of course, they've come out of the woodwork. Over at one of the Ivy League schools, I think it may be Princeton, there's this uh, uh, endowed professor named Ibram Kendi. Ibram X. Kendi. He's got a, a some sort of social justice project that's being funded to the tunes of tens of millions of dollars by Silicon Valley. And uh, he was quick to uh, attack Amy Coney Barrett, calling her a white colonizer. He says, some white coloners adopt black children, of course, referring 
to her adoption of a couple of uh, orphans from the Haiti earthquake. He goes on to say, the, they civilized these savage children in the superior ways of white people. Now, what did a- Amy Coney Barrett ever do to lead him to believe that she adopted these uh, distressed children to civilize them and that she thought they're savages and that uh, she was going to train them in her superior white people ways. No, that is Ibram Kendi projecting his own prejudices. He goes on to say that uh, ACB and, and people who adopt black children are using them as props and their lifelong pictures of denial while cutting the biological parents of these children out of the picture of humanity. Well, if these, if the parents of these children wanted them, or if they're even still alive, they wouldn't have put them up for adoption. He goes on to say, and whether this is Barrett or not is not the point. It is a belief too many white people have. If they adopt children of color, then they can't be racist. So he's uh, basically accusing Barrett of being a racist. And the proof he offers is that she adopted black children who had suffered during an earthquake. That's the level of uh, mental illness. I don't know what else you could call it that is uh, taking root on the left. If that weren't enough, over at MSNBC, there's this guy. He's a regular commentator. You'd probably recognize him. He's got this big gray blown-out fro. He looks like a complete idiot named Ely Mistel. And uh, he can't make up his mind whether or not Amy Comey Barrett is too Catholic or not Catholic enough. I could live with a Catholic judge. I could live with a judge who devoutly applied their faith to issues of the law. But it is not Catholic. It is not devout to turn away thy neighbor who is in need of assistance, as Amy Coney Barrett did in 2020 when she was the lone judge to uphold Donald Trump's public charge rule, which denied green cards to people who might need public assistance. It is not devoutly Christian or Catholic to praise the deliberate indifference of human life which Amy Coney Barrett did in 2018 when she was the lone judge to tell a group of prisoners that they had no Eighth Amendment protections um, when uh, when prison guards shot loaded guns into a crowded cafeteria. It is not devoutly Catholic to take away people's health care, as Amy Coney Barrett has repeatedly said she will. It is not devoutly Catholic to uh, apply the death penalty, which Amy Coney Barrett has written that a good Catholic judge should recuse themselves from situations implying the death penalty. So this guy is so schizophrenic, he can't even make up his mind. Either Amy Coney Barrett is uh, so Catholic that she cannot be put on the Supreme Court, or she's not applying her Catholic faith to her rulings. He can't make up his mind. And this is where he gets to the real nub of the issue. But she has not written, and here's the you know the elephant in the room. She has not written that a good Catholic judge should refuse themselves on issues involving abortion or a woman's right to choose. So what we're left with is a hypocrite who will insert her judicial opinion between a woman and a woman's doctor, but will not insert her moral opinion between an executioner and the prisoner on the chopping. Oh my God. 
I mean, this guy has got a national platform. I think he's a, he's too, is some sort of professor and he can't understand why she doesn't apply her Catholic beliefs when they agree with him, but not apply Catholic beliefs when she disagrees with them. This is the real nub of the issue. Amy Coney Barrett is a Catholic. She has strong beliefs. She has said repeatedly and ruled in a manner that, that shows that she is applying the law. Her place as a judge is not to make the law. Her judge, her job is to apply the law irrespective of her personal beliefs. That's exactly the kind of judge we need. But this buffoon can't wrap his mind around it. Tucker uh, had a great defense. Can we call her ACB? Is that too close to AOC and RGB? Can we call her ACB? I think we'll call her Judge Barrett. He uh, he was defending her last night and uh, made uh, the point that really she is... Uh, beyond reproach in her personal life and in the way she applies the law. What greater thing can you do than raise children? She's speaking there of her decision to go ahead and uh, adopt another child from Haiti after she learned that uh, she and her husband were expecting another child, as as a matter of fact, on the same day. Life is hard, but at least it's short. The best. But the nub of her explanation is this, and this is a quote. What greater thing can you do than raise children? Hmm. Quick, what's the answer to that? Let's see. Get promoted to VP at an investment bank downtown. Maybe move up to a hedge fund or private equity after that. Maybe buy a bigger loft in Tribeca. Maybe go to more raves in Ibiza. Have more brunches. To many in a ruling class, those are the answers. They view children as a distraction from the real point of life, which is extended narcissism until death. No wonder they're so unhappy. An entire political party guided by the distorted personal priorities of highly neurotic Vassar grads. They think material possessions are a a greater value than life and family. And he's exactly right. There's this big long thread on Amy Coney Barrett because a a religious group that she belongs to uh, subscribes to the um, biblical belief that uh, men should be heads of their household. And there's these long screeds by, um, you know, radical feminists saying that this is the subjugation of women, totally misunderstanding the difference between responsibilities and uh, subjugation. The truth is, just by our very biology, there are very, very few women of the Catholic faith or any other faith that would ever want a husband that is unwilling to assume those responsibilities. That man would be a burden to a woman who has plenty of her own burdens to bear already. He would not be a blessing, and I'm I'm sure there are you know some of the, especially in this generation of these uh, brainwashed women coming out of uh, feminist study programs that uh, that believe that you you don't want a strong man, you want a beta boy. But the reality is still that 
if you if you really ask and knew what women want, regardless of faith, they want a husband that's willing to step up and assume those responsibilities as head of the family and give her the space to uh, carry her own burdens. I got in a, a, a bit of a, a Twitter uh, discussion yesterday that ended up getting me uh, getting me blocked uh, when I noticed that um, there was this uh, feminist that was making the case that um, you know women uh, don't need to procreate to uh, uh, or, or their their purpose in life is not to procreate and it uh, it doesn't bring any satisfaction. And I ask her, well, then, you know, if that's true, why do everyone love their mother so much? She had, uh, she responded, uh, you know, my sons don't even like me right now. My husband said that kids are overrated. Well, I mean, yeah, there are obviously uh, people that are going through hard times and in periods of time in your life when children will be ungrateful and uh and not your love but i answered that with you know uh people who could not love their mothers are you know petty narcissistic and shallow shallow and she blocked me for that well once again uh we've got we've got the world view of leftists that we cater to people of you know, very small minorities. There's very few people who are dysfunctional enough that they would hate their mothers. And those people are to be pitied. But, you know, pointing out that they are the ones being narcissistic and petty, she couldn't take it. She blocked me for that. So don't forget this weekend on Sunday to uh, at 1 o'clock, tune in to the Riverfish and Rocky, and uh, you'll hear a whole bunch of lame, <laughs> I shouldn't say lame, corny. Corny jokes can be good jokes. Corny jokes don't have to be lame. They're the ones that make you go, oh. Stick with us. We're going to run out to a break. We'll be right back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Well, James O'Keefe and his crew over at Project Veritas have once again filled the void that has been left by our mainstream media and has uh, obtained undercover video of her campaign workers engaging in in, uh, ballot harvesting. And um, 
and the media are doing everything they can to try to ignore that. Of course, they uh, they want these uh, cheat by mail schemes that uh, the Democrats have been busy putting into effect in all of the real battleground states where they've got Democrat governors, including North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nevada. And these courts are uh, heavily uh, weighted with uh, Democrat votes, and they're passing these rulings that uh, are facilitating the cheap by mo- uh, mail schemes, which include extending uh, the the deadline to accept ballots after election day, even if they don't bear any postmark that proves that they were elect, uh, uh, mailed before election day. These schemes also include not requiring the signatures on these ballots to match. They can just be processed anyway. And finally, the Republicans seem to have engaged on this and are, are fighting back. In Ohio, a uh, judge has struck down the Democrats' plan to eliminate the signature matching. That's a win. We'll see if it holds up. In uh, North Carolina, the GOP has sued. I don't know if it's, uh, it's going to be successful because they didn't get a ruling from the court. The Democrat Board of Elections agreed to a settlement with the Democrat plaintiffs to give them everything that they want, including the extensions and the, uh, the postmark, uh, eliminating the postmark requirement and the signature matching. But the GOP is, uh, is trying to uh, belatedly intervene in that case. They, uh, they've filed suit in Pennsylvania. In New York, um, the, we were, we're seeing another example of the failure of these mail-in ballot schemes when a bunch of ballots, thousands of them, went out uh, to addresses in Brooklyn that are no longer good. And the nub of all this, using that word today a lot, nub, um, is that the the voting rolls are an absolute mess. Here's Jim Jordan uh, talking about this issue in um, in committee in the House. In Nevada, the Democrat legislature in Nevada said this regarding absentee ballots: absentee ballots received up to three days after the election even if you can't distinguish the postmark, will be counted. I mean, I thought you had to win elections on Election Day. I thought you had to go campaign before Election Day. We have elections on Election Day. You count the votes, and then you declare a winner. But that's not how the Democrats want it to to work. And we need look no further than Chairwoman Maloney's primary election just a few months ago. 13,000 ballots had postmark problems. That's what the gentleman's amendment tries to clarify and, and make sure we're doing this fairly and securely. 13,000 in her election. You know how long it took? You know how long it took for Chairwoman Maloney to be declared the winner in her race? The election was June 23rd. She wasn't declared the winner until August 5th, 43 days later. Now, look, understand our law. We got an election on November 4th. On December 14th, the Electoral College meets. You know how many days it goes from uh, November 4th, how many days from November 4th to December 14th when the Electoral College meets? 41 days. Wow. It took 43 for one congressional district. 
43 for one congressional district in a primary. And we're talking about all these mail. This is the concern. And now when you have states saying you can fix your ballot after it's already been filled out, sent to the Board of Elections, you can fix errors, whatever that means. It means that they'll collect as many of these Democrat votes that uh, are defective and they'll uh, they'll run out and they'll find the Democrat voters to repair them. Pennsylvania, that's what they're suing to try to do. Democrats. And Democrats in Nevada said three days after the election, if we get your ballot and, oh, we can't quite distinguish the postmark, we're going to count that, too. So this is this is when I say Democrats are trying to win the election after the election. Look at the evidence in Wisconsin. It's 14 days. That's what so and that's what so many Americans. I appreciate every amendment the gentleman from Kentucky has brought. I hope when we have the vote later today that every single one of them will be passed. So this is a big battle, and it's happening as the, uh, the clock keeps ticking and running down on this. Here at my house, I, uh, I received a, uh, a campaign mailer from, from Joe Biden. <sighs> it's got an application for a vote-by-mail ballot request form here in Florida. And the top part of it you fill out, and then it comes to find out you don't have to be applying for a ballot for yourself there's a big highlighted box that takes up almost half of the page says you can request uh, a ballot by an immediate member of the family or legal guardian of the voter. And then an underline, it says the voter can designate an immediate family member or designee or parent, child, grandparent or sibling or a designee's spouse. It goes on and on. And really the, the point of this mailer, and I don't know why they sent it to me because I'm a registered Republican down here in Florida. is to, uh, to, to try to get you to have uh, to multiply your vote by applying for ballots for people that are uh, a parent, child, grandparent, sibling, or a designee or a designee's spouse. They're cultivating uh, vote harvesting. In the little time we've got left, I want to uh, mark the passing of Stephen F. Cohen, a great Russian scholar, a Sovietologist, uh, they used to call him Kremlin Watchers, that, uh, that did excellent scholarship his entire life. Toward the end of his life, he died at 81. He was attacked mercilessly by, uh, by the left because he called out uh, the, the bogus Russian hoax. I'm going to play you a clip here before I run out of time. This is Stephen Cohen appearing on CNN being attacked by the loathsome Max Boot. I have no idea what Mr. Boot is talking about. He wants Trump to threaten Russia. Why would we threaten Russia? You've got two nuclear because superpowers. Because they're attacking us. And Mr. Russia Boot's is attacking us, Professor Cohen. Russia is attacking uh, us right now, uh, according could, to Trump's could, own could director I, Russia, of national intelligence. Russia, I've been studying Russia for 45 years. I've lived in Russia, and I've lived here. And you've been if consistently Russia was attacking for us, Russia we would 45 years. Russia hasn't it. Excuse me, what did you say to me? I said you've been consistently an apologist that, for Russia please. in those last 45 years. All right, I don't do defamation of people. I do serious analysis of serious national security problems. When people like you call people like me, and not only me, 
but people more eminent than me, apologists for Russia, because we don't agree with your uh, analysis. You are criminalizing diplomacy and detente, and you are the threat to American national security in the story. Why do you have to defame somebody you don't agree with? It? They used to do that in the old Soviet Union. We don't do that here. Well, we used to, but we need to stop it. So you fi just finally, uh, Stephen, you're saying Russia was not attacking the United States? I know what you're talking about. That during the 2016 election, Russia attacked the United States. Yes, I don't think they attacked the United okay. States. Okay, and yet you're they just never. denied being an apologist for Russia. You're they apologizing for Russia election. as we speak. And, of course, Stephen F. Cohen was uh, validated because uh, the proof that Russia attacked the United States has been debunked. Well, you haven't let me finish. You don't know what I'm going to say. Please, please The meddling began, Mr. Cooper, uh, and the, the meddling began right after the Russian Revolution when Woodrow Wilson sent American troops to fight in the Russian Civil War oh, against please. the Communists. Exactly. The meddling began on the Soviet and Russian side. Let me finish. On the meddling side, when the Communists formed the Communist International, 1919. Ever since then, Moscow's meddled in our politics. We have meddled in theirs. This is low-level stuff, what went on. It is not an attack. It is not 9-11. It is not Pearl Harbor. It is not Russian paratroopers descending on Washington. This kind of hyperbole, an attack on America, suggests we need to attack Russia. So you've got Mr. Boot saying that Trump should threaten Russia with what? Does he want to attack? Try <laughs> the truth of the matter is that uh, Stephen F. Cohen was an integral part of the United States winning the Cold War against the Soviet Union. He exposed the oppressive nature of the USSR. And afterwards, after we had won the Cold War, he, he worked to try to um, have a reconciliation, a rapprochement between the Soviet Union and the United States so that we could capitalize on our victory in the Cold War. But idiots like Max Boot wouldn't have it, and they have uh, once again driven uh, away Russia that could have been brought into the family of Western nations. That takes us to the end. Thanks for joining us. I hope you'll be back here again tomorrow. Talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatals.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.